0: What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. I am Matt Primo, and today is our first review of Horror in Review Part 2. We did Horror in Review last year. It basically was the first thing that we did on this channel, on Surfing the Stream, on on this podcast, whatever you want to call this thing, okay? Uh, It was the first thing that we did. We started with the genre series. We did four reviews. And then our Patreon supporters got two bonus episodes on top of that. But I was I was trying to plan out the schedule early this year. And I was like, what kind of genre series am I going to do? And I really, really enjoyed Horror in Review uh, last October. Really enjoyed it. It messed with me mentally. I'm telling you, I watched probably about 30 uh, horror movies throughout that entire month of October. And I was at the end, very end of that month... I was seeing things, I was hearing things, I was very skittish, it it affected me mentally in a way that I don't think I'd ever been affected. But nonetheless, I did enjoy that series, and I'm looking forward to Horror in Review Part 2 for this month, throughout the entire month of October. So, y'all gonna get four reviews, and then Patreon members are gonna get two bonus exclusive reviews, The Lighthouse and The Exorcist. So if those two reviews kind of interest you and you want to hear my thoughts on that, go to patreon.com slash twogame, support us at any of those tiers, and you get access to those bonus exclusive episodes. And then you also get to vote for future genre series as well. So this week I am reviewing The Witch. It is a movie that over the last few years I have been slowly... It's been slowly crawling up my all-time favorite rankings. So before we get into the fun facts and whatnot, I do want to just describe my history with this movie. I remember watching it for the first time at home and couldn't really pay attention, didn't really understand what was going on because I have kids and, you know, they're loud. And this movie, you know, it speaks in that old dialect, that Puritan uh, New England dialect so it's very hard to follow if you don't have subtitles on and especially if you're going into it for the first time, not expecting that and to try to pay attention to what they're saying, plus have kids screaming in the background. It's a recipe for disaster. I kind of, I kind of liked it when I first watched it. It was something that I wasn't in love with, uh, but it was something that I was willing to watch again in the future with subtitles and try to try to. Find uh the beauty in it, I guess is a lack of a better word. So over the course of I don't know, two, three more watches, it slowly, every single time, I just loved it more and more. The second time that I watched it, I was thinking to myself, I don't really understand what I mean, it's good, but is it that it's not amazing? And then the next time I watched it, oh no. Like I'm getting all the different little Easter eggs throughout the entire movie. I am 100% on board with this movie, and I love it. And then last year I watched it. I put it in my top 10 of the best horror movies of all time. You can go check that episode out. Just scroll all the way to the bottom of our episode list. And it was on my listing, on my ranking, excuse me. And coming into Horror in Review Part 2, I wanted to review The Witch. And I was curious, because this movie was probably top 40, top 50 favorite movies of all time for me uh, before I reviewed this, before I watched it again, and I thought to myself, this is going to be the time. This is going to be the time that when I watch it, I'm going to have no distractions. I'm going to be able to 100% be invested in this movie, and I think when it's all said and done, this might be top 10. I was right, but I was wrong, kinda. This is now my it's in my top five all-time favorite movies. So that does kind of spoil the review a little bit, but we're going to get into why I do love this movie so much. So let's jump into the fun facts. Uh Oh, oh I forgot. Speaking of Patreon, patreon.com two games. Shout out to our $20 tier supporters, Carmen Edmonds, Eric Hernandez, Sharon Petrie, Lindsay Humble, and Michael King. We appreciate all supporting us at that $20 tier each and every month. Without y'all, we would not be able to do this, so thank you so much. Almost forgot the shout-outs for this episode. I apologize. Now let's jump into our fun facts for The Witch as a part of our Horror in Review Part 2 series. So, a family in the 1630s New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. This movie is directed by Robert Eggers. This is his uh, debut movie that he directed. He's also directed The Lighthouse, which, by the way, is one of our Patreon-exclusive uh, reviews for this month. So go to patreon.com slash Uh Robert Eggers uh, is a very, very good up-and-coming director. Like He might be my one of my top five, top ten favorite directors at this point in time. I'm just so interested in everything that he does right now that I'm looking forward to to his next movie, Uh, really, really intrigued by what his next movie is going to be. This movie had a budget of $4 million, and it grossed worldwide $40.5 million. It stars Anya Taylor-Joy, Ralph Ineson, and Kate Dickey. It has a runtime of 1 hour and 32 minutes, and it was released worldwide February 19th, 2016. And now jumping into the fun facts. In one shot, corn can be seen with signs of ergot, a hallucinogenic uh, fungus that many attribute to real-life stories of possession and witchcraft. The film was shot mostly with available and natural light. Uh, The film was shot in only 25 days. A hare appears frequently throughout the film. In colonial New England, hares were considered magical creatures, Often associated with witches, either as a uh, milk hare which stole or spoiled milk uh, from animals, or the witch themselves, who were thought able to turn into a hare to spy on and influence people. Uh, Black Philip asked the girl, "Wouldst thou like the taste of butter?" At the very end of the movie, at the time in fifteenth and sixteenth century, the Catholic Church declared eating butter was a bigger sin than lying, blasphemy, and impurity. Uh, The premise is based on America's first witch hysteria set 62 years before the infamous Salem witch trials in colonial Massachusetts. So those those are your fun facts. Very interesting fun facts, okay? I mean, other than like shot in 25 days, I mean, but other than that, those are some decent fun facts that I really enjoyed and it makes this movie so much better than what it is. I'm not saying that in a negative way. Like, the movie is just amazing and phenomenal on its own. But they add in these little Easter eggs, and when I say Easter eggs, I mean just little world-building things in the movie, like the hair being shown throughout the movie. I had no idea why they were showing a a bunny, a rabbit, uh, throughout the course of this movie when I first watched it. I was just thinking, why do they keep showing me this damn rabbit? And then I did some research, and it's actually, like, a part of witchcraft. And, like, it's a part of the whole movie in itself. And you wouldn't know that if you didn't go and do a little bit of research. So that is one of the things that I will say about this movie. At first watch, you're not going to understand 100% what they're trying to tell you in this movie. There are so many little tidbits, so many little Easter eggs that kind of elevate this world and that lore that it takes multiple viewings to actually comprehend a majority of them. So when you watch this for the first time, the, the big thing that you're trying to pay attention to is trying to understand what the hell they're talking about. Because like I said earlier, they're talking in that new England dialect w- without like this, you know, they're talking like Shakespearean, right? So you're, you're really focused on the dialogue and the dialect, uh, the accents and whatnot, more so than anything else. And really, that's a huge bummer because it does take away from the rest of the movie. Now, now I want to give out a little bit of advice before you jump into this movie. If you're listening to this review and you've never seen The Witch, never heard of The Witch, then you definitely need to listen to me on this part right here. This is no spoilers right now, okay? I will jump into some spoilers later on this episode. So, going into this movie, you need to, if you have it on your TV or your phone or whatever, you need to watch it with subtitles. Uh, Both this movie and The Lighthouse are significantly better movies with subtitles on because you're trying to focus on what's going on, but their accents and the dialogue, the way it's written, is not very common in a lot of movies, especially mainstream movies. So you're going to be focusing more on the accents and what they're actually trying to tell you, trying to figure it out. It's almost written in kind of like riddle form that subtitles really, really helps you. So going into this movie, if you so desire, do it with subtitles on. Highly, highly recommend it. And then if you like it at all the first time you you watch it, oh, that was okay, uh it's all right, or it was phenomenal. I recommend, give, give it like a month, month or two, kind of just stew on it, look up some stuff on the internet about the ending or about the movie explained, and then just kind of think about it for, for about a month. Go back and watch it again, with subtitles again, and then tell me if you don't like that movie more, and do a little bit of research about some of the little tidbits, some of the little Easter eggs that they throw out into the movie, and... I honestly think this is one of the... One of the rare movies... That gets better and better... With every viewing. I... Like I said earlier in in this review... I liked it the first time I watched it... But it wasn't amazing. And then each time I've watched it... I love it more and more. And to the point now... Where it's in my top 5 movies... Of all time. As it stands. So... I think this movie is phenomenal. I think the score is one of the best scores of all time, not just in horror movies, but of any movie. I I think it is truly... It might be the best horror movie score of all time. Now, that's thrown into the ring with, you know, Halloween, Jaws, all those types of movies. I, I think this is up there. This is a truly remarkable score. And when it's into the movie, when the scenes are going... It just makes the movie so much more than it already is. I mean, the score is almost like a like an actor, almost. Like, if you take away the score of this movie, I don't know if you have the same impact uh, or the same type of movie without that score. I, I really don't. I think the score might be the MVP of the entire movie. Because at the very beginning, and uh, I, I guess we'll go with spoilers from here on out, okay? So, I recommend if... You go watch it to do subtitles, and then to give it a couple of chances before it really, uh, before you really give up on it. Okay, and then also I will say this: this is a horror movie, uh, but it's not your typical horror movie. This is a film from A24 Studios, which are more—they're like artsy fartsy type of of movies, uh, artsy fartsy like horror movies. So it's not your typical uh horror movie that you see like the grudge or saw or halloween or or the conjuring it's not like that this is a slow build of a movie it it has stuff happening throughout the entire movie i feel like the pacing is better in this movie than in the lighthouse but it's still a slow burn of a movie not not as slow as one would think but it's just your, It's just not your typical horror movie. It's really not. Now, I did get a little jump scare one time, but other than that, it's more atmospheric. It's more imagery, uh, dialogue. All that really just adds to the, to the horror, to the vibe, to the genre that it's trying to uh, showcase to you in the movie. And then the score just takes that to the next level. But from here on out, we are going to be talking spoilers. So if you have not seen it or you plan on seeing it, then stop the review right here go watch it and then come back. So a minute ago when I was talking about a scene or I was about to talk about a scene and, and then I kind of stopped to avoid spoilers. I think the music, the score is like its own character. You take that score out and I I don't know if the movie is the same. I, I really don't. And I'll give you one example There's a sacrifice scene at the very beginning of the movie with Samuel. It's basically the start of the movie. Uh, You know, the witch comes and takes Samuel to her little hut. And she basically kills the baby and then bathes in his blood. Sounds really, really like morbid when you say it out loud like that. Uh, It's creepy as hell when you watch it. Like, the music has a little crescendo that it just builds and builds and builds. Until the scene uh, finally ends. And it's legit one of the best scenes in the entire movie. The score just takes it to a level 10. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's, like I said, one of the best scenes in the movie. That scene and then the, the building tension at the very end of the movie are the two best sequences of the entire movie. And that's not a knock against the rest of the movie. But those scenes are like you can just chew on them they're just they're so good right and i got to say the music in that one particular scene with the sacrifice is so damn good and then the music does very well at the the last sequence as well but it's like this it just builds it gets slow like it's like it's not there and then it just gets louder and louder and louder and then it's just like so much tension from that one little clip it's truly phenomenal it really is outside of the score and you know the direction the cinematography cinematography is impeccable it is it is a gorgeous movie for as dreary and as kind of macabre as the movie looks like it looks just uh bleak and depressing the entire movie looks like that and but that's in a good thing that's in a good way it just looks so damn good. The entire movie does. But other than that, the characters are really where this movie excels. The characters are so good, and they do a, such a great job with the story of escalating everything. Like it starts off real slow. You're not really sure what's going on. They get banished, and then you know they go find their own little little area to settle in, and then. From there, it just really just escalates. It just, you can see the divide between the family, how they're all just turning on each other, and it does such a great job of escalating that throughout the entire movie. And it's not something that they go back and forth on, or it's something that just automatically just turns, uh, oh, they're just all of a sudden uh, turning on each other. No, it slowly builds that. You can see the the fraying of the family Uh, as the movie continues. And again, they're dropping little tidbits, little Easter eggs as to what they want you to know and what you, like the hair again. You know, you would never have known that was anything to do with witchcraft until you look it up. So they're just giving you so much stuff to chew on that when you go back and do some research on it, it just, like again, just makes the movie so much better but the characters are so amazing. They do a great job of making you care for them. Kate, who is the mother, she's dealing with, like, this this natural, you know, obvious, for obvious reasons, this natural grief uh, to losing the baby. But it's like you just love to hate her. Like, she, just from the moment the baby is gone, she is not the same. I mean, for obvious reasons, right? I mean, we wouldn't be the same if we lost our child, right? Well she just, like, turns on her entire family from there on. Like, it just slowly builds. They do a great job of developing her character and uh, Will's character and uh, and Thomason's character. They just do a, such a great job of of giving them development, giving them depth, that you really do care for them. And as much as you hate Kate throughout this entire movie, I just think that's some phenomenal acting on her part. Like, they do such a great job with her as a character. She does such a great job with that character that you just love to hate her. Like, you really do. Like, the way she's talking to Thomason throughout the entire movie, you're just like, bruh. Like, just get off her back, man. Like, just chill out. Like, it's almost almost like kind of like Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Like, you just, you hated them. You could not wait for her to die. And it was just like one of those things... Uh, in this movie, it's like you hated her, but that just that just tells me that the acting the performance the character is just so good that You just you love to hate them basically Now there is a thing at the very end of the movie that I thought was a nice little touch because I've watched I watched the lighthouse first and then I watched the witch immediately after Because I'm doing both of these reviews in one week So I just I just watched them back-to-back back, right and it really helps that you watch them back-to-back, that you pick up on this. But spoilers for the end of The Lighthouse, um, and it's really not a spoiler, but it just it's kind of the uh, a thing, a common thread between the two movies, is the ending is almost the exact same. And I don't mean that in a, oh, well, the movie ends with the characters floating up into the sky and whatnot. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the characters, the lead characters are like hysterically laughing and it's inaudible at the very end. So you can't really hear the laugh, but you can see them just laughing hysterically. Uh, they do that in both movies. So I think that's a nice little touch from, from Eggers to put that in both of these movies to kind of end them, not in them the same, uh, so to speak, but to kind of have the same little thing happen at the end. You know, you are kind of driven to, to madness in both of these movies and, I think it's an interesting little touch. I really do. And I don't. I would not have noticed it if I did not watch them back to back. But overall, like I said, I freaking love this movie. I think it's one of the best horror movies of all time. Uh, it's climbed up my horror list. It's probably number two now. It's kind of hard to put it over Halloween, which is probably the quote-unquote greatest horror movie of all time. Uh, it, but in my personal rankings, it is above Halloween as much as I, I love Halloween. This is in my top five of all time. It is just a phenomenal movie, and every time I watch it, I love it more and more. I find something else to love about it. And with every viewing, I can pay attention to other things because I'm not so focused on the dialogue and the dialect anymore that I can focus on other things throughout this movie. Like, I can focus on the fact that... Caleb is glancing at Thomason, uh, you know, kind of like seductively, kinda looking at her breast and whatnot at the very beginning of the movie. And the way he gets seduced by the witch is by that. You know, he, he succumbs to her to to lust and whatnot. So I don't think I would have picked up on that the first time that I watched it or the second time because I was so focused on what was going on in the story. What was What are they even saying? Like, there's so many riddles and whatnot. The way that they're speaking is... I'm not used to this. So, like I said, just give it another chance. If you like it at all, that first time you watch it, watch it multiple times, and I'm telling you, it's going to be a movie that shoots up your favorite uh, horror movies of all time as well because you're going to find more reasons to love it. And then pay attention to that score. Again, I can't say enough about that score. One of the all-time best scores. And in fact... I think this movie and the Green Knight might have my nah. Then you gotta throw in The Dark Knight and you gotta throw in Man of Steel. Those are probably my all-time favorite scores. Like just from beginning to end, those might be the best. Uh but these two, but this one as far as a horror movie goes, I, I I really do think this is the best horror score of all time, bar none. Like it's not even a contest. But I give this movie. Five stars, and I can't give it six stars because, you know, can't do that. But I give it five stars. I think this is a masterpiece of a horror film. And again, I can't say enough good things about it. And if I just keep saying stuff, I'm going to keep repeating the same things over and over again that you've already heard. So there's no point in even dragging this out. Five stars. Is it worth, you know, $10? It was $10 at Best Buy to buy the uh, the digital copy and the, the Blu-ray. And then I think it was like... 18 bucks to buy the 4k guys just i don't say it very often this movie is absolutely worth 15 bucks 15 to 18 bucks for a 4k absolutely we start getting the 20 range i mean this movie is a few years old so it should it really shouldn't be that much anymore but 10 to 15 dollars absolutely 18 dollars kind of stretching it a little bit but you might may- better make sure you're getting a 4k out of it uh, 10 to $15 is a perfect price for this movie, and you're going to get multiple viewings on it uh, just because there's so much so much depth and density in this movie that you're going to find reasons to want to watch it and reasons to love it more and more with every viewing. So highly recommend you go buy this. And it is currently on Showtime, not on Netflix, not on Hulu, not on Amazon Prime, but it is on Showtime uh, as of now, which is october the 4th when i record this so go check it out on showtime uh, if you have that subscription plan or get a little uh little trial to go check it out either or but that's going to conclude my review for the witch our first review of horror in review part two coming up later this month we got reviews for the grudge which I have not seen in a very, very long time. I'm hoping it it holds up. But I wanted to kind of do different things with the reviews this time around. Last year, we kind of did... I mean, other than The Conjuring... I'm trying to think of the reviews that we did. We did like B-rated horror movies. But this time, we're going to kind of do some of the bigger movies... And I kind of wanted to do, like, different genres as far as the horror goes. So we're doing The Grudge with the Japanese horror. Uh, Granted, it's going to be the English version, but you get what I'm saying. It was Japanese uh, original, right? We're going to do some torture porn with Saw. And then the fourth and final review for the month will be Halloween, which is just an absolute classic. And that will be out on Halloween. And then at the end of the month, we will be doing, instead of a top ten best Horror movies of all time. We are doing the top 10 scariest horror movies of all time. Not necessarily the best, but the ones that we found the scariest. Uh, it's gonna be rather difficult because I mean I don't really find horror movies scary anymore. I just like the I just like the topics that are discussed. I like the feeling of horror movies more than anything. They don't ever scare me. So it's gonna be kind of interesting where I would I would I put it in my top 10. And then Carmen Edmonds is gonna return for this series as well for that final episode. Uh, And I'm going to be very, very interested and curious as to what her top 10 scariest movies are. Uh, But I'm going to give you a little spoiler. This may or may not be on my top 10 as far as scariest movies of all time. So who knows? But I appreciate y'all joining me for this first review, and I will catch y'all next time on another episode.